Welcome to Best Served, a podcast recognizing unsung hospitality heroes. Join Chef Jensen Cummings as he chops it up with industry leaders about the humans who've impacted their lives and careers. From childhood guides, to ass-kicking mentors, to the team members in the trenches that make it all happen. Help us celebrate these rock stars by sharing our show and nominating your own unsung hospitality heroes. Connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Now here is your host. What's up, everybody? Jensen Cummings here. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. Today is Best Served Podcast 349. We're talking my heritage through my food with Night Yoon of Mumbai in Oakland, California. You've seen this series. We're talking to all the chefs from the virtual heritage dinner series that's a part of In the Weeds menu meeting fall 2021 campaign. You've seen us omnipresent everywhere. We're doing these video casts, clubhouses, articles, Instagram takeovers, communicating everywhere in all the ways that hospitality professionals are needing and wanting to connect and so we're excited about uh, continuing this. We're in week three, so lots of amazing content. El Jarvis, founder of In the Weeds, has been really helping drive this new narrative of how we support the physical, financial, and mental health of hospitality professionals and uh, really inspiring conversations. So I want to bring El in to kind of set the table for us. El, good as always to see you at your your sea your seaside uh, villa there. I love it. The background is is looks fake to me every time I see you. But uh, how's the beach today? The beach is wonderful today. The sun came out. The birds are chirping. <laughs> Perfect. What a great day to talk about heritage, to be inspired by night and the work that's happening. Before we get into all of that, uh, in the weeds. Break it down for us a little bit, and and specifically heritage. I'm I'm fascinated. We talk about you know the physical, financial, and mental health. Obviously, that's foundational, and we've struggled with that in the industry. Yet, bringing heritage and this storytelling and connectivity, humanity, into what we're doing in hospitality has has been so inspiring and so fundamentally important. So, kind of break that down for us a little bit. Yeah. So in the weeds, we were incorporated last October, 2020. Um, we got our 501c3 status in three weeks. I don't know how we did it, but our mission is to champion the physical, financial, and mental health of the hospitality professional. And it was a project that I was working on pre-pandemic that obviously came to the front burner in March of 2020. Um, but with this in the weeds project becoming real, I also moved home after being away for 20 years and started cooking again. Mm. And as I started doing pop-ups and dinner parties and being back with my family full time, um, you know, growing up within, in this industry, missing Sunday suppers and baby showers and weddings and just yep. Friday night, pizza night, you know, um, being able to have that space with my family and explore how we um, communicate with each other through food uh, was really powerful for me. And I thought, hmm, you know, I've been running, 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 grinding, 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 grinding for 20 years. And to have the space to really um, dive into my heritage through food and, and recognizing all of my adventures and travels um, impact my food, being home and working with the seasonal ingredients that I grew up with and fostering relationships with the, you know, my lobstermen and my fishermen and my farmers and um, all the folks that I grew up with uh, that are still in the industry that also were pretty hard hit by the pandemic. I thought to myself, shoot, like there are 
100% so many other people who have already like come to grips or grappled uh, for better or worse with their heritage and what comes through on the plate. Truth. So I just thought it was such a pressing and important time to have these conversations uh, across the country with other, as it turns out, all female chefs um, that have maybe already done the work and already got on that, that journey um, and, you know, have made a career for themselves through expressing their heritage on the plate. And I'm just like so excited and humbled to have this conversation with Knight today. Yes. Um, that grappling that you mentioned with, I think is very important. Uh, Caroline Glover from Annette mentioned like running away from being a white girl from Texas and not embracing because she didn't feel like she had any cultural heritage of, of importance on the plate and then being able to speak to her father about their Irish and German and British heritage, I think is powerful. Or for me, grappling was, you know, being Hapa, having a, a Japanese grandmother when I was growing up, it was not cool to be Asian. You know, we had weird things in our refrigerator. We always had a pot of rice going. And so I ran away from it. I, I felt privileged to be white enough and have a white enough name and be tall and all these things that like meant that I was less Asian. And and so there's a there's a struggle. There's an internal struggle a little bit. And so I appreciate you kind of creating this space for both just the pure joy and the struggle to come about. So I want to bring Knight on now, who is fighting an amazing fight, Cambodian culture and cuisine at the forefront. I am so fired up about this because <laughs> it's a culture that I don't know enough about and that I want to learn about. And I'm excited that I, you're going to tell me about, you already have in a clubhouse that we did, tell me about foods, ingredients, dishes that I have no concept of. And I'm, I'm excited about the notion of that. I want to be a little bit uncomfortable. I want to learn how to pronounce new things. It's that exploration. And so yourself and, and Joshua Wolbutt from Love uh, Food More, also Cambodian, ha have been teaching me and I'm excited. So uh, before we get into the heritage kind of at large for you and your journey, tell us, though, about Numbai and what's been happening for you since you started the restaurant in Oakland. Give us a little bit of the origin story there. Well, Jensen, you have to make it out to Oakland to try Numbai. Then you'll find out what yes. Cambodian food is all about. But, um, yeah, I started um, you know, Numbai about five years ago, cooking from my kitchen, um, you know, with through pops up and things like that. But I had a very opposite experience. Like my family fled Cambodia um, from the war and I was born in the refugee camp in Thailand. Wow. And so when we ended up, you know, in America, we came to um, Stockton, California. And um, I was actually, I was very proud of my heritage, even though things around me were weird and different, but I didn't think I was the weird or different one, <laughs> even though my family ate right. rice using our hands and we ate like fermented fish. Yep. My school lunches was always weird, but I never thought that I was the weird one. I looked around me, I'm like, why are they eating like sandwiches <laughs> and chips and things like that? So I always had right. a sense of pride of being Cambodian and um, that, you know, stuck with me, you know, throughout, you know, till now. And then hence, that's why I started Yambai because I was just so proud and amazed like with the resilience of the culture and the people when I went back to Cambodia and I wanted to honor it somehow and learning about my family's stories and their struggles, how they make it, made it out here to America. I was trying to figure out a way to share this beautiful culture 
And um, it was kind of obvious to me at one point when um, I said, well, what's the best way to really communicate and break down barriers um, than through food? Yep. And um, so with that, when I came, um, my timeline's sort of all over the place right now, but um, sure. during my, um, I think it was my sixth trip to Cambodia, I had this epiphany of opening up a Cambodian restaurant, celebrating Cambodian cuisine and also the golden era of Cambodia. And this golden era is around the 50s and 60s where my parents were at its, you know, they were in their youth, you know, living this carefree life. And I just want to kind of encapsulate that through this music and art scene that was thriving in Cambodia. Um, you know, two things to also mention, like a lot of people know about the genocide in Cambodia or the Gorwat, but yet people don't know about this beautiful history of art and music. Um, so I wanted to celebrate that with Nyambai. And um, here we are. <laughs> and, and what's it been, five years, right? Just to give people a little context of, of how long you've been operating? Yes, Are yeah, talking right? about crazy timeline, like we're going on our fifth year. Um, Which is a so... lifetime in the restaurant industry, <laughs> and, and especially in, in these times, so I appreciate Absolutely. that. I'm, I'm, always, I'm always fascinated, uh, especially with the immigrant story, uh, first generation a lot of times like you're going to college you're going to be a doctor a lawyer an engineer education is the unlock like this is the place where you don't have to be blue collar just because you're an immigrant uh, these these are the opportunities created we, we hear that a lot what was what was the conversations like with your family were they all in supportive love the idea of it were they hesitant was it like there's no way in hell you're doing this Gives the <laughs> idea of the kind of the family relationship dynamic there um well in the beginning I actually went to school for nursing and okay. yep. um, just because I thought it was something practical but my parents never really like told me like you need to be a doctor or a lawyer the only thing that they stressed out the most was get an education okay. and I think this is because my mom grew up you know in a really strict household and she didn't want me to feel pressured in doing something that I didn't want to do. So this kind of allowed me just to kind of explore different things, um, you know, creatively or just traveling and things like that. Um, so what happened was during my rotation in nursing school, I actually ended up dropping out. <laughs> and yeah. The, and the, yeah, and the first person I called was my mom because you know, I just was so unhappy. You know, I remember clearly with this patient taking his vital and I'm like, I don't even care about this person right now. Oh, no, right. So you had lost the wrong. empathy. I did. Well, learning it and everything was completely different. But then within like the last few months of rotation, I'm like, this, this is not me. I had on like scrubs were ugly. The lighting was bad. I'm like, I just didn't want to be here. Like there's the smallest detail. And so I called my mom and say, you know what, mom, I think I can't do this anymore. I'm just going to drop out. And she's like, well, what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know yet. And the following week, I actually called her. I'm like, I, I need to go to Cambodia. So I charged the plane ticket on my credit card. And she's like, okay. You know, and so know. that's how it all started. And then, you know, like did various projects throughout the years. And she's like, okay, this is, and so when I told her about Nyambai, she's like, oh, this is probably just one of her fun projects. And um, they didn't really, my parents didn't believe me until I actually even op opened up the restaurant. Right. <laughs> it's real but, now. But Look, that it's, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> because they were so shocked that people wanted to eat Cambodian food because in a way they're like, well, 
no one really knows anything about Cambodia. Like the food is like really funky. You know, if you go to any Cambodian restaurant here in the country, they kind of mix it with Thai cuisine or a little bit of Chinese or Vietnamese to make it familiar. And so I'm like, no, this is completely different. This is why, you know, why I exist because this is the food you cooked for me. This is the food that I learned from grandma. This is the food that I learned how to cook in the village in Cambodia. This is what I'm doing. And so like, okay, do your thing. And (laughs) And so I think they, I think they are super supportive and they do believe in what I'm doing now. They get it now. Five years later, they're like, oh, she is really, really serious about about this thing. Uh, A couple of things. Nyambai, what's the, what's the name mean? What does it represent? Oh, so Nyambai means the literal trans, literal translation means eat rice. Um, But it's also, um, means let's eat or come eat okay. um by is something that my mom would always say to my friends when they would come over like i don't know you but come eat by and mm-hmm. so our house like when we we're in high school my mom would always cook a big pot of noodle soup and it just became a thing with my friends they would come over the weekend and my mom would just say yambai and to me that's just like you know her truest like way of welcoming someone yeah. she doesn't really say much but like through her cooking and um, it just makes people feel really comfortable and warm and inviting oh, i appreciate that for us as itadakimasu which is kind of that similar greeting in japanese oh, yeah uh, so I yes, I appreciate that. It's that rallying cry. You hear it, and you just instantly start salivating. It's time to eat. It's time yes. to gather around the table. So, I, so much respect for that. What a great way to to celebrate your family, your heritage, very personal to you as well, mm-hmm. which I think is great. It, it sounds like I know the answer to this. It was food always a part of of your family, as far as like you know, you had the grandmother, the aunties, mom, dads were you know cooking as well like was it always a part of everything yes for sure absolutely it wasn't like you were going off in this this realm of cooking food when nobody had an understanding of it no yeah we we love to eat our family loved to eat my dad families yeah my dad my mom also loves to eat um i mean my when my dad cooks it's just game over everyone just stops what they're doing and just like they're ready to eat yeah, because my mom didn't learn how to cook until she had to when she came to the States. And she you know, cooked just from, like, memories of, like, oh, this is what I remembered going to this. But my dad was like, okay, this is what I learned from your grandma. And so, you know, eating was just a big part of our family. It's time for us to just get together, connect, you know, talk about the day. Um, mm-hmm. And throughout, you know, because of me being in the kitchen with my mom growing up, that's how I learned how to cook Cambodian food as well. And, um, you know, when I was in elementary school, it's like I learned how to like cut lemongrass, use mortar and pesto and uh, pesto and um, um, gutted a fish and things like that. So food was always a big thing in our family. And I I was interested in in this dynamic. Is, Is it a little bit competitive? Do sometimes you cook the dishes that mom or that dad cooks and you have it on the menu? And is there a little bit of like a head nod when you get it just right or a little bit of like, could have used a little bit more lemongrass, any of that kind of stuff going on? Um, in the beginning, but my parents were just so <laughs> supportive that they just like, they trust ate, you now. You got ate it. And kind of suffered a little bit. Cause when I look at the bowl <laughs> in the beginning, they're like, how come they didn't even finish anything? But throughout the years, like, you know, 
they mm-hmm. were, um, I, I could tell that they enjoyed it because when they came to the restaurant this one time, they actually ordered food to take home. And okay. my dad told my mom, like, hey, till night, I'm really proud of your cooking. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. That, that that means so much just uh for you obviously with the trajectory that it took for all of you to even be at the place where they could be dining at your restaurant in America. It's mm-hmm. just it's just so meaningful. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Let's let's talk about the dinner a little bit. L again, set the table for us here. Dinner coming up, virtual heritage dinner. Kind of lay out that that this, the full series because I think it's important for people to under, understand the context of of how ambitious and exciting it is. What uh, what we all are a part of, and then let's talk about the specifics of nights. And then night, we'll talk about the menu itself. Sure. Um, yeah. Before I get there, I just want to share like how that just like pulled at my heartstrings so, so greatly <laughs> of Dad just being like, "I'm proud of her food." I did a pop up at the local brewery this past Friday and I put straight bass chowder on the menu, which is something my dad always made this time of year because it's the end of striper season and he would freeze the base. And I just sort of recreated it from memory and added lobster knuckles and a lot of like Mm. and oregano and it's a very thin chowder. And at the last minute, my parents were able to come to the dinner and like watching him with the bowl in his face and like, (laughs) When I came out, it was pisser. And I'm like, oh, that's like, that's what I did good. You know, like, it's just such a fuzzy feeling to um, be able to, like, find your way in this industry and, and see those moments of of pride from our parents that are on the our, their taste buds. It's so powerful. So thank you for sharing that. Um, the dinner is October 31st. It's Halloween. Encourage start thinking about your costumes. Um, it'll be from 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So you'll have plenty of time to go out and party after and get a good Cambodian base and some tidy martinis, a junipero gin. Um, we partnered with Shaker and Spoon, so you can add on a Shaker and Spoon cocktail kit. Uh, junipero gin is offering free shipping and 10% off on their website if you use the code in the weeds. Uh, the pickup location in Oakland will be at our partner alkali rye which mm-hmm. is a really phenomenal nice. bottle yeah shop. yeah they're really awesome bottle shop uh, yeah. in so everything's on our website www.intheweeds.us slash let's dash party um all of the tickets for all of the different time zones are all listed there go to nights smash that checkout button um $20 from each ticket benefits in the weeds and the rest is able to cover uh food and labor costs for for night in Mumbai nice and zoom out a little bit yeah. because we're in pacific time zone the last of the series but you're going time zone by time zone across the entire country so many dynamic voices talents un- unbelievable leaders for our industry and as you mentioned all female chefs uh mm-hmm. boys we need to shut up, sit down, eat, and do as we're told because these are the absolute <laughs> leaders for the future of our industry when it comes to heritage and, and all things that we need to be paying attention to, storytelling, the way that we're composing ourselves as individuals, as businesses, as professionals. So I yeah. really appreciate what you've pulled together. Well, the original heritage dinner um, that was supposed to take place in Aspen it was all, you know, women, femme, female chefs, um, but we didn't bill it as a women and whites dinner or an all-female chef lineup. I really wanted consumers and 
PR folks to just figure that out on their own. Cause like straight white mm -hmm. dudes have been doing this forever and they don't call it the straight white dude dinner. Yeah. Right? That's true. They call it dinner. <laughs> so the why... old straight white dudes dinner has mm -hmm. dominated for long, far too long. So it's like, that's, that was like a big deal for me is, um, you know, really putting a list of talent together. That was important. I don't believe that we're going to be able to, fill physical, financial, mental health bu buckets without the, the female voices in the room. Um, yeah. We cannot create a truly diverse, equitable, and inclusionary hospitality industry unless we are amplifying these voices. And it really wasn't um, performative. A, you know, a lot of the talent that was brought in was brought in through recommendations and other folks being like, I like Knight came, became involved because Caroline mm -hmm. uh, became involved. Mm -hmm. uh, Cicely became involved because Cha was on board. Mm -hmm. um, so it wasn't, I feel very right. fortunate, you know, in this position that I had a lot of support and I wasn't just Googling like and cold calling and trying to check boxes. Everyone really organically mm -hmm together to be able to have these conversations um, for the one of the first times I think that we've seen in our industry in this capacity. So I'm just super humbled with the people that decided to hook their wagons to us. Yeah. Good people connecting good people is foundational to good work happening. Truly believe that. And shout out to you have East Coast uh, with Cicely Sierra of the Sandwich mm -hmm. Ministry, Katina Smith of uh, Just Call Me Chef. You got uh, Fried Chicken Nick and Caviar, and Nick and Chai there in uh, Detroit. You got Jasmine Chef of Tasting India in mm -hmm. Chicago. You got Olma down in New Orleans, Caroline Glover and uh, Carlin from Frasca in, uh, in the Denver area, and then Knight out in Oakland. Like that is. That is a serious lineup. Yeah. This is no yeah. joke. This is like the best of the best of, of so many different aspects of storytelling, of culinary talent, of bringing heritage to the plate, of the joy and struggle and all of that. I can't do it in person. I cannot I do it. Yeah. We were talking with Cicely and she was telling her story um, uh -huh. about Reem and Knight. And I'm like, let's uh -huh. just take over there. Oh, home. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was going to mention. Yes, yeah. I think we're all coming to Oakland. This uh, <laughs> got us all fired up about oh, what's yeah. happening in Oakland. So I was very excited uh, to hear that as well. All right, night. Let's take a couple minutes. Let's talk menu. What is on the menu for this dinner? Uh, can't wait to hear what uh, what Nyambai is going to be bringing to uh, heritage to people's homes. Like bringing Cambodian culture into somebody's home. It's powerful. <laughs> Well, I just want to say thanks for including me in this series. Um, it's so cool to see Caroline and Cicely to be part of this. But um, yeah, so the menu is called My um, Sachiruk Set. And I picked this menu because it's the most popular Cambodian street food. And I feel like it's delicious. It's delicious. And it's all like the things that I love to eat and what inspired me uh, to start cooking Cambodian food as well. And the things that I also put in the menu are things that could be reheatable the next day or that night and still be as tasty. Um, so the first dish is our main, which is um, the coconut pork with scallion oil. And it's basically thinly sliced pork loin where we kind of pound it out a little bit. So it's nice to thin and you marinate it in coconut milk, a lot of um, ground pepper, um, palm sugar and um, 
what is it, garlic. So it's like a really nice sweet and peppery pork dish. And then to kind of offset the sweet and the peppery, there's also gonna be a pickled daikon. And that basically is our sweet pickle where we use some rice vinegar, a little sugar, some chilies and ginger to go with that. And um, I'm also going to include a broth to go with it. Um, typically this is eaten for breakfast and lunch you have and dinner pork. or middle of the night. Yes. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. You would have the pork and then there's some pickle and then there's like a side of broth. And this broth is coming from the the pork noodle broth that um, it's been on the menu since day one. So that's the pork broth with crispy garlic. And usually you would eat the pork, take some rice and slurp a little broth. Um, Night, then, I gotta I gotta interrupt you and just tell you yeah. how unbelievably excited I am about your dinner for a couple reasons. One, <laughs> you already are breaking down and making me feel like I understand this dish. I'm more connected to it because you're not just listing ingredients, right? And your ability to tell stories in that way cannot be uh, understated. It is so important, and chefs need to be thinking about storytelling in the way that you're just doing now. You're telling a story. It's the street food. It's your personal relationship with it. It's the coconut milk and the palm sugar and introducing people new ingredients. Like this is what we have to do. You can't just sell a bowl of noodles. It has to be this type of depth of storytelling at every level of every concept, every brand. And the fact that it's going to be on, on Halloween. So there, uh, this is going to be an exciting night. Uh, can't wait to check that out. We're only on dish number one. What else are you serving? <laughs> well, to go with the um, the the pork, there's going to be um, ginger jasmine rice. So we eat most of our dishes with rice. It doesn't matter what it is. This is always like a bowl of rice um, for comfort or whatever it is. You always need a bowl of rice. Yes. <laughs> and um, but just ginger jasmine rice is very special to me because whenever my mom would make ginger chicken rice ginger chicken she would saute ginger saute the chicken and then the residue that's left from the ginger and the garlic and the sauce is the best part and then she would throw in the jasmine rice saute that in and then let it crisp up on the bottom a little bit and so you have this amazing like ginger jasmine rice that's kind of crispy and i don't know chewy at the same time mm -hmm. um so that will go with the pork um so you imagine like a bento box where you have jasmine rice pork okay uh, pickled and broth uh-huh so you kind of like eat a little bit of this and a little bit of that and all together it just completes the meal all the things and and chicken mm -hmm. and rice especially southeast asia is fundamental mm -hmm. uh and i i'm I can't wait to get to Oakland to try this. Kamen Guy, the, the Thai style oh, yeah. of that dish is very much one of my favorite things, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so it's just quintessential chicken and rice, mm -hmm. humble, simple, yet to your point. Delicious. It's so delicious. Yeah. And a lot of times they have like no color. It's like white on white on like oh, kind yeah. of beige. beige. You're just like, oh, it's so unbelievably good. And then yeah, some crispy chicken skin. We could, we could geek out all day on this. How are yes. you wrapping up this meal for everybody? Well, and then because it's Halloween, I'm going to make a sesame mochi ball filled with um, mung beans and palm sugar. But I think I'm going to do some food coloring to make it either black or red. So Come if you on, bite right? into it, it'll ooze out. Like yeah. Perfect. 100%. Perfect. Yeah. Look at you. You're even playing into to American heritage and culture of, of Halloween. Like <laughs> might as well. What what a great melting pot opportunity that is for you. 
Yeah, if I were to celebrate any American holiday, it would be Halloween. So yeah. <laughs> the best, absolutely. Oh, this is this is incredible. I am so excited. I am so jealous that I'm not in Oakland uh, for this dinner. <laughs> I want to make sure. And in the comments, you'll find the links. Make sure you get to in the weeds website uh, slash let's dash party. And no matter where you are in the country, there is probably a dinner near you. So make sure you check out all of the dinners available. And if you're not in that market and you just want to come hang out with all of us and learn and be inspired and come on night's night, come bring your costume, uh, donate five dollars to In the Weeds to just come and party with us would be amazing as well and support all the work that's happening here on night. I'm really, really honored to have spoken with you. And uh, and now I need to get my ass out to Oakland because clearly there's amazing <laughs> oh, things happening out there. <laughs> I'm excited about that. Knight, uh, looking forward to your dinner on the 31st again and just all the work that you're doing. We'll be talking a lot more, I'm sure. We'll, we'll go ahead and let you go, all right? Okay, thank you so much. Good night. Bye, Bye. Yes. Yeah. Mm, that's, that storytelling, that's, that's key. Like I was there and especially obviously you and I being professionals in the industry and, and so much of our audience is that like we're, we're cooking it. I'm, I'm cooking it right alongside I night as she's talking it. about it. I can feel it, the texture, mm -hmm. I can smell it evoking that kind of emotional connection and response. That's the whole game. That's, that's what chefs, that's what the food and beverage industry needs to be focused on more and more, not just selling your burger. Their bowl of noodles. You know, it has to be meaningful. She explained everything. I could, I, I could feel the crispiness and the tanginess and the salty <laughs> and the sweet and the da 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 and yada yada. And I'm thinking so good. Myself, like, do we need to go to Oakland to plan a party in Oakland? Like, that's what I think needs to happen. I think I, I believe so. I kind of had this in my mind. Was like, where are we going to end up? And I think we're ending up in Oakland. I yeah, think we need to go to Oakland and then we'll yeah. plan a party to go back to Oakland. Back to Oakland. Yes. I think what ends up happening is this, is this is like a, a road show. It's a whole variety show. We'll like live podcast there and we'll have dinners and we'll have, you know, all kinds of events going on and, you know, a cocktail competition. And we just hit the road. We're going to Oakland. Well, then we're going to, we're going to hit Denver. Then we'll head down to New Orleans, up to yeah. Chicago, over to Baltimore. Don't don't forget Detroit to Detroit, Baltimore, and finish in New York. And then we're all coming to your seaside shack yeah. to to, well, to have to have a striped bass chowda party yeah. on on the beach and make sure that your dad's there. So sure. Uh, well, I mean, Jensen, perfect. just think about the conversations we're having in these major markets with people who are so inspiring and so talented and quote unquote have made it. Can you imagine mm. the conversations that we have with folks in St. Louis or Minneapolis yes. Um, yes. that aren't necessarily in the magazines or on a listicle, like these conversations are so powerful and we've only just kind of like scooped the first bite. You know, we haven't really mm -hmm. even dug into all of the other inspiring stories that we should be hearing. All right. Challenge for you and I, Elle. We need to be doing dinners, events, things like that in a city, in a town, in a market that currently you and I have never heard of. That there yeah. is that there is some that there's some amazing small town in Oklahoma where four chefs have said we're we're planting our flag here, not going to the big market because this is where we're from and this is who we are and this is what we believe in and it is our 
job to go and find these amazing people, these amazing stories, this amazing talent. So we are going to be somewhere where we've never heard of today or some place like Poughkeepsie where everyone's heard that because of a movie or something, but nobody actually knows where Poughkeepsie is unless you're from Poughkeepsie, right? right. Things like that. I want to I want to go and find those. That is absolutely something I'm with you 100%. So we got work to do, El. We're doing it. <laughs> Let's do it. All right, everybody. El Jarvis, founder of In the Weeds, uh, out seaside in mass right now. And uh, check out Night Yoon's dinner at, with Nyan Bai out in Oakland, October 31st. And check out the whole series. Links in the comments. Make sure that you uh, you get on it or just hang out with us on the internet. El, the internet. let you go. Have a great Bye. rest of your day. You too. Cheers. All right, everyone, that is it for this episode. Best Served Podcast 349. Night Yoon Nyam Bai out in Oakland doing incredible stuff. So inspiring. Such a pure storyteller. The food is just the proof that you are who you say you are. And I believe everything about what Knight is talking about because it is so true to who she is, her family, her heritage. That's it. Appreciate you all. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Best Served Podcast. Subscribe to our show and connect with us on social media at Best Served Podcast. Tune in next week to discover more unsung hospitality heroes.